Hi everybody, welcome to this new episode of the One Network Show. The One Network Show now, as you know, aims to interview Lorawan public operators and thought leaders across the world. I am Rémi Laurent, Lorawan director at Semtech and chairman of the Lora Alliance Operator Community. You know what? Today we are pleased to welcome Senet. Senet is a leading LoRaWAN operator in the US, one of the very first LoRaWAN operators because when they deployed LoRaWAN, LoRaWAN did not exist. They started with Laura and moved and was one of the, let's say, creators of LoRaWAN. We are happy to welcome Mr. Dave Kendall here from Senet. Dave, the scene is yours. Please introduce yourself and your company. Thank you very much, Remy, and uh, very happy to be here on the, the WAN Network show. Uh, so yes, my name is Dave Chenel. I'm the Chief Technology Officer uh, at Senate. Uh, as Remy said, Senate is one of the founding members of the Laura Alliance and was working hand-in-hand -hand with, with Semtech and a few other companies even before the Laura Alliance got started, um, specifically focused um, in the adaptation of the technology for uh, use in the Americas, North America specifically. So. Um, we actually began deploying our very first networks, had our very first um, products, uh, FCC certified, just before the, uh, the Laura Alliance actually got founded um, uh, back in 2015. Um, in addition to uh, doing uh, the technology job and the operations job here at Senate, I'm also very heavily engaged in the Laura Alliance, as are many people at Senate. So we believe very strongly that the Laura Alliance and the ecosystem that uh, it has been um, working to build over these many years is very, very important to our success and the success of the technology in the market. Uh, in, that, uh, in that role, I am on the board of directors. Uh, this is my second term there. Uh, I chair the Regional Parameters Working Group Committee. That's a technical uh, committee subgroup that uh, is responsible for the adaptation of the LoRaWAN technology to all the different regulatory regions and countries around the world. Um, I've also spent quite a bit of time uh, over the last several years working on some new projects in the Lower Alliance that will be coming out um, over the, the next several months, hopefully, um, both in the back-end interfaces specification that deals with how networks deal with each other, how applications deal with each other, uh, as well as in some novel applications of the LoRaWAN Layer 2 technology to solve some very interesting life safety problems as well. <clears throat> Okay, so Dave, uh, Senet is one of the most innovative LoRaWAN operators of the world. Since the inception, you try to be uh, one step ahead of the market. Could you elaborate on how you are so special uh, on the US market, but not only? Uh, what type of network you deploy in the US and globally today? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it kind of, it's, good, it's a good opportunity to talk about the things that Senet has been doing. So. It really starts back when, uh, just prior to that, that foundation of the Lower Alliance, there were really two centers of thought, if you will. There was a European center of thought and, a, and an America's center of thought that were participating. Um, Semtech was playing in both sides of that, um, but there were some companies that were more centered in one side or the other, and, and Senate was in the, uh, in, in the America side of that equation. So at the time, uh, we were really there innovating, working with the early um, uh, protocol definitions to make sure uh, that it would be uh, optimized for how the regulations work here in the United States, 
as well as using our experience, um, having previously built a full stack IoT solution for uh, heat and fuel tank monitoring using a proprietary technology, using that experience both on how the networks needed to be built for ultra low cost and long range, but also how the end devices need to be built for um, a proper long life and, and power efficiency, but also ease of deployment. And those things go hand in hand with success in the IoT space. So those experiences that really formulated the, the company are, are what started us down that path. When I joined uh, the company just prior to uh, the, the, the decision to, to adopt LoRa WAN and, and the LoRa technology, um, I had been working for 25 years in telecom, uh, telecommunications equipment manufacturing, um, had left that a few years earlier, and I handpicked some really key individuals from my prior teams that were focused on building products for carriers, for enterprises, for data centers, and making sure that we took that culture um, and brought that into the space here for this new IoT connectivity area. So we had this unique balance of a very small uh, startup innovation culture with this legacy history uh, dealing with carrier-grade, enterprise-grade delivery. And that is what structured our view into the market. And that's what all along the, the, the entire evolution of the technology and of our company over these years has been what we've really been focusing on. And we bring that to the Lower Alliance ecosystem and our interactions with them as well, making sure that we are pushing the alliance. And it doesn't always need to be pushed, but our, we're pushing there for that ultra-long life cycle. Uh, for these devices, making sure we have compatibility from one version to the next version, making sure that a product that was released in 2015 is still going to be viable in 2025 and even 2035. So that's really um, kind of the area that we've been focusing on from a technology perspective. On the network side, Center really offers two different services fundamentally. So we offer what we call network as a service. Uh, this enables our customers to take advantage of our public network. And our public network consists of network that Senate builds, um, as well as our partners that are participating in what we call the LVN, or the Low Power Wide Area Virtual Network. And they bring their gateways and contribute them. And as a result, we share revenue back to them, as well as our relationships with other public operating entities like Helium, like what we're doing with Utilsat as well. Um, and they take uh, advantage of that service. The other component of our platform is what we call uh, platform as a service. So this is our core network. So without taking advantage of our public network, you can bring your own private gateways, your private applications, onboard them into our carrier grade core and deploy that anywhere in the world. And even maybe most importantly, you can combine those two things together. Um, so you can take advantage of our public network and our public network partners where they exist and augment that with your own private gateways where you need to in order to provide coverage for that specific use case or that really challenging environment that you happen to be operating in. If I well understand, Dave, uh, this collaboration model that is also a business model innovation, what you named uh, the so-called uh, virtual network collaboration, I understand that you all invite network provider on the platform, but also solution provider, right? You, you cover the whole value chain, correct? That's absolutely correct. We actually, there's three different kinds of um, partners that we have in that space. Um, the, 
the the um, the combination of the two or the center is that network operator. So they are both doing solutions, they're deploying networks, but we also take each of those individually. So a company that really is just deploying IoT solutions, and we have some great examples of this deploying solutions around the world. One of them is a, a company local to our headquarters, not too far away in Massachusetts, um, called Steam IQ, and they're deploying steam trap monitoring solutions around the world. These are in basements and boiler rooms and places like this, very hard to reach. And so very often they are bringing their own gateways with them and contributing those back to the LDN. So if they deploy a, camp, a university campus, now that campus is open to other LoRaWAN solutions that are taking our network as a service product. But we also go to the other direction. We have some partners that all they do is deploy network. So they're not deploying IoT solutions. They're not network operators. They're just deploying the gateways. We actually have an interesting example of this happening right now in the Ohio, Indiana region of the United States uh, in collaboration with some local um, uh, initiatives there to grow economic um, growth in the, in the region. And they're using the LoRaWAN network as that stepping stone to bring interesting applications there. But they don't bring the applications themselves. I like the fact that you, you break two dimensions. Uh, the value chain, you are breaking the value chain, you are climbing the value chain, but also you have no geographical limits, right? I mean, uh, thanks to that, you may collaborate with a satellite company. We'll talk about that uh, after. Uh, so geographically, you are a U.S. operator, yes, but you play global now. Uh, that's very interesting. Absolutely uh, true, yeah. And, and there's two things that really enable us to do that. One is the core the foundation of the technology in LoRaWAN and the way that it's built. Um, but the other one is, is that our service is fundamentally a cloud-based service. And that gives us the ability to, to scale. Um, it gives us the ability to service customers around the globe very, very efficiently. No question, no thought. So those customers I mentioned before, they're deploying in Saudi Arabia, they're deploying in Europe, they're deploying in the United States, in uh, Asia, in Australia, South America, all around the world on that same platform. Yeah, IoT is special in a way that uh, every market is, is told to be special. What is so special on the US market? And could you share some compelling project uh, or important project or project you are proud of you deployed with Senate? Yes, yeah. So certainly, um, I think that uh, the US market when it comes to IoT has been interesting and different uh, compared to other markets around the world. So in a sense, um, it was a fast starter in, uh, I would say, um, massive data IoT. So instrumenting you know, very complex machines and pulling gigabytes and terabytes of data back at them, the United States was kind of at the forefront. In low power uh, wide area networking, it was not at the forefront of that technology, really following behind the European leadership in that area. Um, and that has been an interesting challenge as we've kind of brought that into the market here in the United States. So. Um, it's made it possible for small companies like ours to take advantage of this new market because there wasn't existing uh, players that were dominating the space. So that's really important. But it also provides some interesting headwinds when you're trying to bring these kinds of technologies in. And in some cases, and this will lead to the second uh, question you asked, in some cases that has presented a challenge. And I'll use as an example the electric utility market in the United States. Um, uh, which has already very well instrumented for AMI technologies. They've built uh, power line networks and various things, and they pull lots of data uh, out of the equipment and out of the meters. However, it showed that these things were possible for other utility uh, markets that didn't have that same 
inherent capability to provide connectivity. And I use as that example, the water utility and the gas utility market. So these are very interesting and very important areas uh, for us. So water utility is well established. Our biggest customers today are in the water utility space. Um, and we are deploying networks around the United States to support those, uh, those deployments. The gas utility space is is on the verge of coming into the into the uh, into the market uh, with LoRaWAN. Um, so we've been collaborating very closely with several partners, including the Semtech, on developing that market here in the United States. Uh, and I can say that we are very close to unlocking that, working uh, with technology partners and um, and the relevant um, regulatory institutions uh, in that space to unlock that. So it's. Powerful. So we had some little headwinds up front uh, based upon the, the, the data requirements, the electric utility, but it actually showed the opportunity of the space, uh, of the technology and these other utilities. So that, that would probably be one of the interesting ones. I think the other one that if I can mention too, um, we are actually having phenomenal success right now in the quick serve restaurant industry. Um, and it's almost the diametric opposite of the utility deployments. So the utility deployments are these very large networks, you know, hundred, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of devices connecting up through the networks. In the quick serve utility space, or quick serve uh, restaurant space, you're actually looking at very small deployments. A one gateway, a fast food restaurant, maybe half a dozen, a dozen sensors connected to it. But we are seeing tremendous growth in that area right now. Just literally thousands of gateways being deployed on a monthly basis to support all of these new activities. Yeah, it's very exciting. Okay, very interesting. We, we discussed that we play global. Are there some specific region or specific opportunities globally that you want to talk uh, with us today? So I think um, all of these customers that I've mentioned, many of them play globally already today. Um, we have some very strong partners um, that are deploying using our operator uh, product. Uh, in India, for example, our, our good, good friend Senra are deploying uh, citywide networks uh, in India that, in that way. One of the things that I do think, again, is a new area that's going to start to be unlocked here soon, particularly um, with a combination of factors, but maybe most importantly, including the satellite connectivity, are global uh, logistical uh, solutions. So supply chain solutions that are spanning the globe, bringing things back and forth, that is starting to be very, very interesting. And you know, I think it will be an important future market that we're going to see develop. It's also important to note that that ties back into this global presence that Senate has, because you want to transition off the satellite networks onto terrestrial networks when they're available. So when you're over the ocean, when you're in the middle of the country and there's no connectivity, it's great to have that satellite as the, uh, you know, to reach down. Um, but once you get into the city, once you get into uh, into Europe, into the United States, into Asia, to the countries, then you want to take advantage of the terrestrial networks that are still much less expensive than the satellite networks are. It's uh, I like the fact that you say complementary between satellite and terrestrial network because not many people understand that it's not a competition between these two technologies. It's really a complementary market. Uh, and so... We saw on the media that you set up an agreement with Helium and Utelsat and some module makers to play global. Would you like to, to explain what, what are the goals of this strategic agreement? Maybe become the pervasive coverage operator, in the first in the world? Yes. <laughs> so well, 
so I think it, it gets back to what you said. These things, they can be com complementary. They don't need to always be competitive. And I think identifying those opportunities for uh, the members of the ecosystem to complement each other and to take advantage of their strengths is so important to low power wide area networking. Um, because that comes, that's how you get low cost. If we all build the same networks over the same areas, we're not going to be delivering the low cost that we need to. So if Helium's got a network deployed, I want to make that available to my customers so they can take advantage of that natural, um, that natural footprint that's grown up around that ecosystem. Um, it doesn't mean that we won't still deploy networks when our use, our customers' use cases demand a certain uh, service level agreements or coverage in an area that doesn't have coverage from one of those uh, other uh, other partners, absolutely we'll keep on doing that. But the satellite opportunity is, again, it's similar. And as we look at some of the different use cases, and a lot of this comes back to use cases over and over again, we look at use cases where even outside of logistics, satellite will probably be the preferred connectivity mechanism, even on land-based fixed solutions. So if you look at some of the widely disparate agricultural solutions or oil and gas production and generation, um, that side of the problem, satellite's gonna play a very, very important role in that. If you look at countries like the United States, like Australia, that are so large, like China, um, that are so large, you know, there are no national cellular networks in those countries. So everyone says there are, but there aren't. Um, there's many places you can go in those countries where there's no, there's no um, not satellite, cellular connectivity, but satellite will reach there uh, and it will reach there right away. And that's really important. That gives us, again, that complement to a customer can come to one uh, provider center, connect to our core network, have one contract, and then take advantage of all of these different um, connectivity um, partners around the world. You, can, uh, you kind of solve the roaming problem. Uh, with that, uh, what if you would bring a specific message today to the American US IoT end user? What would it be? So I think that one of the most important messages is, is that um, the market is real. You can, if you can dream it, you can build it today. It really is that um, uh, that that available, and particularly now, I think for several years we went through a period where connectivity was quite challenging. You know, so many times you could dream it, you could build it, but you couldn't deploy it. Um, and I think we've really moved, you know, very far down that path where you can dream it, you can build it, and you can go deploy it now. And again, that's a combination of the, the network deployments that are out there from Senate, from Helium, um, from our other partners, as well as the ability to go take that existing network and augment it with your own networks where you need to. So uh, it's very, very powerful. And I think um, the other part of that that makes it even easier today is, is that the richness of the ecosystem, the maturity of the ecosystem when it comes to I need a device that does this or I need a vendor who can take a device and change it just a little bit to solve my unique problem. We are in such a great place right now um, compared to where we were, you know, seven, eight years ago, compared to where many of the competing technologies are today. Um, where you have a very, very rich ecosystem of partners that are fully qualified um, to give you a device today, to give you an application today if you need that, or to customize one of those things to meet your specific use case as well. <clears throat> so I can say, yes, you can, right? Yeah. Uh, cool. So 
um, it's clear that uh, you are a very good representative on how the market is evolving. You are able to have no limit on geographies. Uh, you are also innovat innovative uh, regarding the value chain. We can say that you are this new type of uh, uh, massive IoT operators that are uh, breaking the geographies and the use cases. Uh, I am convinced, Dave, I want to subscribe to Senet uh, services. How do I proceed? Very good. So uh, there's really uh, uh, several different techniques that, that you can use. So one of them, um, everyone is welcome to sign up for a free account on what we call our developer portal. Um, you get the ability to onboard several gateways, um, a handful of devices, uh, connect them to whatever IoT platforms or application solutions that you want to, and begin to experiment with um, the Senate public network and the ability to augment that with your own gateways. Um, so those customers who are on the developer portal, they get immediate access to our public network, to Helium, um, to our other partners that are out there providing that connectivity as well. So we strongly recommend everyone to do that. When you're ready to make a, a, a step to a production service, um, there's really two things that we can do. We have partners that are out there that are already using Senate. So if you need a solution to be deployed for a quick service restaurant, for example, we've got great partners that can solve those problems for you, you know, beginning to end. If you're looking to build your own solutions on that, then you contact Senate, our sales team, just sales.senateco.com, and we can then step you through the process on how to get engaged. If you need help plugging in with different ecosystem members, like you've got a great idea, you've got a great solution in, in the cloud and in the, on the, on the, the phone applications, but you don't have a piece of hardware, or you've got some great hardware and you don't have the application, we can help stitch that piece together for you as well so that you're, you're then ready to go and, and launch at scale. In addition to that, we have some services that we can offer to our customers as they go through that process. So in, in addition to our, our fantastic support team uh, to handle all the day-to-day -day issues, we also have a solutions engineering team that can take a look at different devices, make sure that they are uh, they're performing well. So we very strongly recommend that um, all of the device manufacturers go through the LoRa Alliance certification process. That's a very you know, important step. Uh, but we also do some interoperability testing on our side, and that looks more than just the protocol, but also how the device behaves in, in the real world. Um, so we'll do those services. And we can also do um, ideation and design um, uh, architecture uh, with those partners as well. And we do this in many cases for customers that are trying to solve a unique problem. Maybe it was easy, easier to solve in a different technology. When they bring it here, they need to use some different techniques. Or maybe it wasn't able to be solved at all in another technology. And so we need to solve it for the first time uh, with LoRaWAN. And so we can work with those partners very, very closely to build that ideal solution. And we're doing this actively right now with many different partners in many different spaces. Everything from guaranteed alarm conditions to connectivity survivability when you know, the hurricane hits and, and all of the gateways go down and all of the networks go down. There's no power. There's no nothing. We can still make those solutions work. Okay, it's very clear. It's very clear. Anything you have to add that we did not uh, cover or discuss? No, I just I think we've covered a lot of those points. I think one of the things that um, has really come to um, I think become very important for us and for all of our customers and the entire LoRaWAN uh, ecosystem and low power wide area ecosystem is just to emphasize again that we want to be looking at total cost of ownership 
for these solutions. And that includes everything from how long the battery lasts to what the connectivity costs to, you know, how do you get networks deployed? Uh, also to that though, is the reality of the situation that massive IoT happens everywhere. And because it happens everywhere, you need flexible models, flexible business models, flexible deployment models to be able to make sure your solution can work anywhere. And that's something that, you know, the architecture of LoRaWAN and the way that Senate's implemented allows you to do. You can take, and take advantage of all these unique capabilities to get those solutions delivered where and when you need them at the cost points that make the, uh, the ROI work. Okay. Inspiring, Dave. Uh, thank you very much. It was uh, awesome to have you today. Uh, cool. I appreciate being here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, feel free and think of uh, registering to the One Network Show and follow us on LinkedIn. New episodes to come very soon. And thank you to Senet, to Dave, and looking forward to talking with you, Dave. Have a nice day. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes and sign up for new episode alerts and visit us in person at Enlit in November. Talk to you very soon.